Welcome to the Mycelium Network Podcast, a podcast all about early stage web developers and the mentors and teachers that help them along the way. Hey, Raphael. Welcome to the Mycelium Network Podcast. Thanks, Cork. Thanks for having me. It's a huge pleasure. I'm glad we're finally able to meet and to talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you were maybe after uh, Riku, you were like the first person to join the Mycelium Network and you've done so much to promote it. I am really grateful for everything you've done. Um, I know a lot about your story, but uh, the people listening to the podcast might not. So I think the best place to start is for you to tell us more about who you are and as I've said with previous guests, feel free to go as far back in history as you want and up to the present day. All right. Uh, I'm Rafael. Uh, I'm Brazilian. And actually, I'm not from the IT world. I've been uh, working with criminal law for like eight years. <laughs> and I work for a judge and I work reviewing criminal cases. And this year, I started to migrate to change career paths and I was actually curious because one of the things I started doing uh, when I started studying programming and everything was working, working with translations. So I started working with the MDN localization and then I popped up in one of the, I think it was it was the first community call you promoted. And then one thing led to another, and I ended up in the Mycelium Network. And uh, about me, I actually have had a brief uh, contact with programming. Like 15 years ago, I started doing mechanical engineering, and I went far as the third year, but then I... <laughs> I gave up and started studying law. And uh, by the that time, it was very different from the, the feeling I, that I have in now. Uh, I started studying the, the university, and we started with, I think it was Pascal, and I, I think it was Turbo Pascal. And Actually, we did all the exercises on paper, not on computer. It was very strange. And it was a fun uh, uh, discipline to take, a fun course, because it was very challenging. We were studying basically math problems, but it was not very welcoming. So it didn't uh, get my attention at the time. And my two brothers, they are in the IT field. My, my middle brother is on Netherlands. Uh, he's a back-end developer. And my, my younger brother is on the university. And I had always have this like proximity with tech. I always liked it to discuss with him uh, about some issues, about the technology in general. But I never really dug into programming. Uh, since that, that period. And in my job, my actual job, <laughs> it's curious because I'm known as the IT guy because I fix everything for the people that don't know anything about it. <laughs> but mostly it's like 
very common issues and very basic issues that people have kind of people are always afraid of computers I don't know how to explain it so mostly what I always do is like reason with with someone like why do what do you want to do and why do you think it's not working and <laughs> it's basically leading them to find the solution themselves so uh, the other thing that left uh, that led me to change career paths is because I'm uh, planning on moving to Canada next year, the beginning of next year, and then it's a long-term plan, like to migrate uh, completely to to the tech field, and maybe someday become like a digital nomad. It's like a dream I have with my wife. So it's like a plan for like five, ten years, but in the, the, the short future, I probably will be working with uh, law in Canada. I will work in a, in, a, in a lawyer's office. But it's uh, since I started uh, studying programming, the community, and I, I, I've, I've been part of the Mycelium Network, but I've been part of a lot of different communities. I've been exploring a lot. Uh, a lot. And this is something I never had imagined back then when I started computing and then gave up because it's it's really a different uh it it made gave me a real different impression of the field so I talked to a lot of people I connected to a lot of people and I found in like two or three months a lot of friends I don't know anyone personally, but I have a lot of exchange of thoughts, of ideas, and it's very, uh, it's, it driving, drives me further. So uh, basically that's it. Uh, I'm, as you, you always say, I'm an early stage <laughs> developer. And, and I, I like this provocation of yours because uh, we have some stigma with the word beginner. And I have another, another mentor that always tells a little joke like we we are always beginners here someone uh, some are beginners from a, a longer time some is are beginners from short time so <laughs> it's like putting things into perspective and we are always beginning on something yeah no that's very true i mean that that's why i think that because you know like I've said, uh, like backend developers going in front end, that's new to them. And even for front end developers exploring, you know, there's so many frameworks and things coming out these days. It's kind of calmed down a little bit, but there's still a lot yeah. of um, action happening. I think in CSS, it's starting to take uh, happen more than in JavaScript. But um, and so whenever you approach one of these new frameworks you're new to it it's like yeah sure you know the underlying language or the underlying technology but the way you have to think about how you build applications is different like um react famously always says that react is just javascript and to some extent that's true but it's not 100 true because while the underlying language is just javascript there's a specific way of thinking when you write in react that is not necessarily how you would approach something if you were writing without React. So those aspects of React, you can be a really good JavaScript programmer but still find it 
challenging because now you have to adopt this different approach. I know for myself, for the longest time, it felt so weird to put an on click on an element because I've always learned that you separate concerns and that's not how you do it. You get a you you do a document or query selector to get the element and then you do element.add event listener. You don't go on the HTML element and put an on click there. It's like not the way to do it. But the reason you do that in React is it's idiomatic and it, it's actually a, um, stripped away back into it, add event listeners by the by Babel or whichever transpiler you're using. So at the end of the day, it does end up being an ad event listener. It's just the way you write it is different. Um, state management, it's something that's very unique. It's now unique to a lot of frameworks, but I mean, React in, introduced this whole idea of, you know, UI being a representation of application state. Again, that that's a new way of thinking of stuff. And I sometimes find it hard again when I move back and I just write something in plain JavaScript, <laughs> then I miss this use state thing. It's like, oh, <laughs> How do I do this now without having that used state hook? <laughs> so, yeah, it's constantly, you're constantly going between these worlds. And as you move between these technologies yeah. and frameworks and things, you're constantly an early stage person at something. So I, I think we need to, like, even be okay with using the word beginner. But for now, it, let's use a different nomenclature just so that we can kind of break down the stigmas there. Yeah. So um, it's very interesting that you've gone mechanical engineering then you went into law and then you decided to go back into more of an engineering kind of thing is it just that you've that you felt um the previous industries or uh segments or whatever we want to call it did you just find that the connection that you thought was there didn't last and you kind of feel disconnected from exactly. this world <laughs> Exactly, uh, and I I have a, a deep fear that I'm I learned to to deal with that is that I would uh, end up jumping from thing to thing all my life and and uh, uh, actually there is, there are more areas that I explored before going to mechanical engineering. But that was in my early adult life, the, the, the first one that was like a profession. And it's, it's actually a, a good question you ask because there's, that has uh, a lot to do with my view uh, for technology now. Because when I started in mechanical engineering, I, one thing I always liked it was to solve problems. And back in the day, it was most like physics uh, or math problems, and uh, this was the, the 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 most topics I used to to study. So I chose mechanical engineer for it because I will see a lot of them more in the the university, and I I really liked the the, the calculus uh, courses. But nowadays I don't know why I like it so much because it's like Greek to me. But uh, in that in that period. I kind of uh, felt that the most of my colleagues just thought about uh, the technical aspect of things. They don't they don't uh, discuss it ethical problems. They don't discuss it the impacts of the the, the solutions they are they were thinking uh, in the world. In that that uh, I was feeling like. 
out of the the I I, I didn't have a identification with people. I like it the tree study, uh, the, the the courses, but I didn't have the, the identification with the profession. So I kind of uh, had a course on ethics and legislation on mechanical engineering, and then I decided to move to law. And I begin law with another passion, like because I like the philosophy of. Of law, I like it. Discussing ethical issues, I take part of a lot of uh, groups in the, the the university. It was a very great moment for me because it was very uh, effervescent. But uh, when I entered the the profession to see after I graduated, I started to realize I have a lot of idealizations of the field. And it's nothing like what we would you expect. I actually been very lucky to have uh, worked in, in a position where I could deliver justice and I could make a, an impact of, on someone's life, like uh, uh, someone that is innocent, and I reverted that uh, that decision, and that. Uh, kept me going, but I always felt I miss it more because it was like uh, swimming against the the, the current. And uh, one thing I realized since I started studying tech is that there is a lot of people thinking about these ethical issues, and that one that was one major thing that made me stick around my silly network. It was your your vision there is not just learning to code it's like your your the purpose or your role in the society in the world and everything and this week i was talking to a friend that is uh, learning web development in the same course uh, i'm taking and she is she lives in europe and she is migrating fields too but she she came from a 20-year career as an actress. So it's very... Wow, interesting. <laughs> very different words. Yeah. And one thing, uh, one thing that caught my eyes because I asked her, uh, have you decided uh, what, what you do you want on the future, on the long run? And I really, I confess, I really expected her to say, oh, I... I want to stick with web development. I want to learn Ruby or everything. I don't know. I or I want to be on the front end, on the back end. And she she answered me, uh, and that was very curious. She she answered me. I want to work with uh, something like global warming or environment. And that's that's that was a really <laughs> a really uh, interesting thing because. She, I have this this kind of thoughts, but I I'm so used to not discussing this with people. But she was thinking way ahead. She she wants, and I want that too, to have purpose uh, with with what I'm doing. It's not like just oh, I want to have a a good pay pay rate. I want to earn in dollar and everything. And that's sad because it's what I always see people talking about. 
but they don't uh, like discuss where do I want to work, where this company might be doing, where the impact I expect to be part of. So I guess we you kind of need this kind of talks a lot more. And uh, although I have been seeing a lot of uh, conference that approach something that touches these issues, uh, like we, we had like uh, the, the code length was very, very cool. And I, I was just today uh, on the Octogatos, it's just a conference by GitHub and they are talking about this too, but I really have this the feeling that we are a minority yet. So uh, we really need to empower these voices and it's it's very uh, it's it's kind of uh, problematic for us like white guys males and everything, but uh, I guess our role is to like uh, support uh, the the these people, uh, and I'm like uh, planning to go to a to a first first uh, world country and everything, but uh, it's crazy. I am a white male guy, but. When I arrive there, they see me as a Latin American, and that's not a concept we have in here in Brazil. And so it's 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 kind of interesting to like think of uh, think globally all the issues like your identity, your citizenship, uh, and I really like doing this. So uh, I really hope that I, I I I'm really like to I'm really enjoying learning to code. But I really hope that I end up in the long run, not just uh, like sitting in front of the computer and coding anything they, they taught me, they, they said to me. Uh, I really hope that I have like a purpose of what I'm doing. It's that what, what I was uh, searching in the law field, and that is th what I'm searching in the tech field too. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I. Um I can totally see that connection. I think, um, uh, what is it that I was thinking? Uh, journalism. I think a lot of people go into journalism for the same reasons. Um, they believe that through journalistic um, means, they can have an impact on the world. And then I think a lot of them also get demotivated when they get into, the, they work for the wrong place. Um and they find out that it's actually just regurgitating things that has been served to them. It, it's not making a difference. That's why I think publications like ProPublica, those people are so, so important um, because they truly, they are truly focused on bringing the truth to, to us. I mean, it's for us to decide what to do with it, right? But I don't think we should, I don't like the idea of being constantly having to second guess everything I hear. It's something that frustrates me a lot. It's like, rather just be open and tell the truth, and then I can make up my mind what I want to do with that. Do I accept it? Do I want to push back against it? Or what do I want to do? But don't feed me lies, because then later on, what do you do? You get so, um, I don't know, demoralized that you kind of just ignore everything, and you get this pessimistic view about the world. Um, I was thinking about it yesterday, like... Um, there's there's a lot of negativity around the internet going on at the moment, and I think it's 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 not unfounded. Um, I think it's important that these things are being talked about, but I think there's a lot more in the internet that is good um, than these negative things. And I get, and I think again, um, the negative thing is being um, made. It's 
being brought to the fore a lot more than it should be. Uh, I don't want us to to live with blinders on and pretend that everything is great, but um, it's important to touch on these issues. And I mean, one of the reasons I have these conversations with people and um, I am open to speaking with anybody from anywhere, um, and especially like I kind of actually specifically focus on elevating people's voices that normally don't get heard, is because these are these are the, the 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 stories we need to hear because this is the truth. These are people that have, they're not sharing an opinion; they're sharing a lived experience. And I think there's that famous quote that says, "If you if you talk from experience, nobody can um, can disregard it because your experience is your experience, and nobody can say it's wrong." Like you no, know, it's my experience; it can't be wrong. Um, because I've already, with the, the few recordings that I've done, I've already had that exact thing happen where I spoke to a woman uh, early in tech, but in the United States, and her experience is vastly different from Pamela that I spoke to recently, who's from Mexico. She now lives in the U.S., but she's still facing challenges in the U.S. with visa and stuff like that. So her experience getting into tech was completely different um, to the other person, and I think it's important to to hear these differences and and find, and I think that's the other idea behind mycelium is to connect these worlds to each other so that we understand that our lived experience is not necessarily another person's lived experience and so that we can be more compassionate toward each other and sometimes not be so quick to uh, want to, I don't know, defend our opinion or what we think is is right, that we're more open to listening and um, being just being compassionate and being there for somebody when they struggle. I think the thing that Riku, for example, also has brought up is he's always scared to make a comment on a uh, on like the mycelium or something because he's scared it's a stupid question and then he looks and like those are the walls that, that we need to break down. Like the, there's nothing like that. Like the fact that you asked, the, I mean Peter that I spoke to in one of these. Um, in one of the previous podcasts, uh, he said that it's actually a good thing when you ask these questions that some people might think is a stupid question because more often than not, there's other people in the room that are afraid to ask that question by you showing a weakness or you, like he says, taking a taking a punch in the face. Um, you are and giving the other people the answer that they actually wanted to hear. So sometimes you have to just stand up and, and ask the question and not not care like if it was if it's a stupid question so be it there might be 10 other people in the room that also didn't know and now all of them know and i took a little bit of a punch to my ego but i'll get over it um so i think that's very important but i'm quite interested in this nomad life that you have talked about because that is kind of something that i'm also like i i also it's also a dream it's something i'm working towards as well so I, i think um I've asked this question in many different ways. Some, uh, in the beginning, I asked people, would you rather start your own business or work for a company? But then I've, I kind of rephrased it and rephrased it. And what, I've, what it's boiled down to me in the end is, what does success look like for you? And I think you have a unique perspective with the nomadic life that you see. So in this tech world, in this new world that you're exploring, the new country you're moving to, what does success look like for you? Uh, well... <laughs> deep question this uh, but uh, I guess uh, I'm I'm not uh, very ambitious in the normal <laughs> the common sense uh, I don't uh, me and my wife we are very alike we 
never been like uh, chasing our big purchases or consuming a lot of things. And what we we always were eager to is to uh, get in contact with uh, different uh, cultures and having real life experiences that like make made us wonder oh there it makes us like expand our horizons so uh we like to travel a lot we haven't done that too much in the past years nothing at all but uh we we like to travel so much not because uh we don't travel to buy things or to we we don't like the tourist spots we like the, the to go off the beaten track we got, like to see how people live we like to connect with people like randomly like the the, the first first uh the first time i was in canada it was like 10 years ago and i was in toronto for 20 days and one of the best days on my trip was this the, this particular day when I was uh, exploring the harbor front, like the the the, the, the lake shore, and I saw this guy that lived on on the streets. He has he had like a, a market uh, car with a lot of stuff, and she looks he looks just like Santa. He was a very big, big white bird, and we started talking. And he started uh, like telling how he got there and why he wants to live in the streets because it was an option of him. He he offered me food. We ate together. He had like a lot of snacks, <laughs> and we we it was autumn, so for me it was very cold, but it was warm for them. And. As the day goes long, uh, I started to feel very chilly, and then I realized we've been talking like five, six hours, and it was like this incredible experience to to really just pass time with someone and really connect in a deep level. So that's something I always wanted to do, I always like to do, and this 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 digital nomad dream uh, that I have is not to be. Uh, running around all, the, all year long in a lot of places in a hurry. It's just like you live in a, in a city for for some time, see how people live, see uh, know some different people, and then like move on and live somewhere see, for a couple of months or six months or a year. Just don't be uh, tamed to a particular place. Just be more uh, without roots. Just be more of the world. So oh, we we really envision this like very far on the on our lives, uh, maybe earlier than we think. But uh, I, I know it's really hard to like create uh, uh, some stability to to have this and to not be depend depending on uh, a regular paycheck and everything. So we are uh, slowly building towards this. I don't. I don't know if I ever like be an, uh, an entrepreneur, like be a entrepreneur. But uh, it's. It, I, I guess it's something that maybe happen someday. But 
uh, either way, what I like, what I want to work with, it's just something that has a kind of purpose that helps people in. It can be like the, the slightest way. It can be just a little help for someone, but I really need this human side of things. That's what I'm, I'm, I came to miss a lot in my work. Back the, the first years, I used to talk to a lot of people, like people that have processed in the justice, and they, I, I, wasn't, uh, uh, I was hearing their, the pledge and everything. But as I grew in the, the career, I've been uh, more and more disconnected from the face-to-face -face and more in the, the, the work, the hard work. So that's something I really miss, is to, to talk to people, to hear the, the problems, to kind of offer a solution. This is, uh, my wife says, is like a, a good thing about me and a bad thing because anyone that came to me with a problem, I can't stop thinking about it. I, I, it's my first reaction to, to think of a solution and this can be really annoying sometimes, but uh, it's just my nature. I, I, in some, a lot of times I like start wasting my time with other people's problems just because I'm curious. I, I, I can't stand like having a problem and don't having a clue what to do with it. So it's, it's really uh, something that I, I, I learned to live with but sometimes may makes me waste a lot of time. So uh, that's what uh, uh, we see in the long run, like not being, uh, not being on one place for our lives. We, we want to have the flexibility. Uh, it can happen that we live for 10 years in one particular spot, but I like to have the option. I like to, to have the, the freedom to, if I want it, restart in, in some place new so this is what I'm uh, what I'm uh, wanting uh, to, to to experiment in Canada like restarting my life and this is what I wanting to be used to like having this ability to restart every every time I I feel the need to uh, I don't like to be <laughs> in one place or in one job or in one, I don't know, I don't like this feeling. So I want to be more lightweight. I want to, to travel light. So uh, that's more about it. Yeah, well, that sounds like a great plan. I, I agree. I mean, for me also, um, I, I've had the conversation with people before and it's, it's like, it's, I don't mind it when people say necessarily um, when there's laws or when there's regulations and uh, certain ways to do things. I think that's important. Um, that's why uh, the Mycelium Network has a code of conduct. I think these things are important. But what I don't like is when people take options away from me. That is something I don't like. Like, don't, don't try and pigeonhole me. Don't try and put me in a box um, and expect me to be happy. Um, because... The box that you put me in is not necessarily the one that I feel comfortable in, and not having the option to try a different box <laughs> is that is that that's what that I don't like. Um, I might conform to certain rules and, and and practices and stuff like that, but it should be on my terms and stuff that has meaning and value to me, um, not something that somebody else has decided for me. And I think there's there's quite a lot of um, 
quotes and things that that relates to that where people is like if you don't choose your if you don't create your own life somebody else will create it for you so yes. we need to be careful um that we don't uh, bow down to other people's um hopes and dreams for us we have to have our own and not be scared to have our own um i think it's 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 human um all of us uh want freedom i think that's that's something that i i I can't imagine there's one person in the world that says, no, I don't care for freedom. I think we all want freedom. Um, and when our freedom is impeached, I think that is when people get angry. And and understandably so. Some people um, don't handle their anger very well and that and they use it in a destructive way. I'd prefer to guide us towards using our anger or our, or our uh, in, in constructive ways, um, in ways that we can lift each other up, not, not destroy things. Um, I always see these things where people are unhappy with something with the education they're getting from, from their schools. And yes, you should be, you should be angry about that. You should say, I don't, I don't like this. I, I feel I need, I have a right to a better education, but then burning down the school doesn't help. That yeah. <laughs> that is that is not don't that is not the way you should channel that anger. You should channel it in a different way. Find a constructive way that you're building up, not breaking down. Because otherwise, we're constantly going back to, to square one, and we have to start over. And so we're never progressing as a society, as as humanity. We're always just recreating the wheel over and over again. And and yeah, that's no good. Um, so and and and, and talking you. Talking about the individual uh, side of it, uh, one one interesting thing that I I think I like, uh, and I see this in I guess in your lifestyle, is that you you do a lot of different things. So uh, I know that you that uh, I recently discovered just today that you play classical classical guitar. <laughs> And so it's uh, it's something that I use it to to do a lot. Growing up, I I was a biker, I was a cyclo activist, I was I was in, uh, I like to photograph. I was in a in a group of photographers, and I I did a lot of stuff. And then like we are growing up, and then we are uh, working so much, and we are being demanded so much that uh, lives. Uh, starts to resume to work, so uh, that's another kind of freedom that I that I want to have, like to have free time. Uh, it's like the I, I heard this a lot in the when we talk about Canada is the work-life balance. They talk this, they talk about this a lot, and it's not like a, a concept we have in Brazil. It's almost the the other way around. We like praise overworked working praise the workaholic so it's very toxic and it's it's kind of what led me to uh, just focus on work for quite a long time and then I started to to feel the need to have more of the, of life and that that's something I, I really want to do and that's something I really been feeling been feeling welcome to do like You other day you you talked about the the, the social network called Polywork, and I really liked the idea because uh, there's a lot of things I like to do and there's a lot of things I do well. So it's I I don't want to 
go from the lawyer box to the developer box. I don't want to have boxes. I, ha I want to have a lot of different activities I have interest in. So uh, I really uh, cherish that we, we are having this kind of space where you are, you have value because you are uh, complex. You, you, you like different things. You like to talk about a lot of things. You don't have like the, the right topic to, uh, to talk about. Oh, this, this is so much of topic. You can talk about this here. You always have some space. You just have to organize it. So everyone that wants to talk about it find each other and everything. And I really, when I listened to the, the podcast with Rico, I had a lot of identification with this issue to, to put yourself in public and to speak in public. And I, I grew up as a very shy person. And I just started to like speaking. I spoke in public the first time when I was 24 years. And for like five years, I always felt really bad every time I wanted to I wanted to speak in public I almost passed away so it was very difficult but with time you start to get used to it and nowadays I just speak my mind I don't I try at my best not to refrain from saying something I I want to speak my mind if I I'm speaking I speaking something that's garbage. Someone it's says garbage very politely. I hope, and we are going to continue keep the discussion going. So I might be wrong about something, and uh, the conversation flows. I don't have this fear of like being wrong. You don't have to be to to have this concern. You are in this position and. Like a week from now, you can be thinking entirely different about something. That's the the beauty of connecting and discussing and everything. Yeah. And that's that uh, that is true for uh, life. That's true for like these ethical issues we're facing. That's true for coding problems too, because a lot of times uh, we you somebody ask a question and uh, a guy is have just like the, the perfect solution. But it's not a, a done job. Someone can be like, uh, come up with a better solution, a more performative solution. So things are always reinventing this themselves and we, we can't like expect to have the right answers for everything. We have the answer that serves now and we, we have to keep talking about it because things are and constant change. Yeah, yeah. And um, on the topic of, of polywork, I, I really like it. Like I, I heard about polywork really early on and I joined it because it was like, I don't know, it's, I think it's a, maybe a tech thing. Like you always want to try the new thing. It's like, <laughs> let me see what this is. So I, you know, I signed up early on and um, I was on there, but I wasn't really using it for much. Um, I kind of forgot about it for a while. And then, um, when I wanted to, when I was thinking about this podcast, I was like, wait a minute, I wonder if Polywork can help me find some folks. And I kind of tried it out and the response was incredible. I mean, it was really like, there's so many people still that I have on a list to go back to who's interested in doing this. It's, it's, it's mind blowing. But then 
Um, the founder of Polywork recorded a little short video that he put on the Polywork YouTube channel. And he actually defined what the idea behind Polywork is. And then it clicked for me. It was like, oh, this is exactly the place I want to be. It's, it's about this idea of you aren't defined by your job. You are multifaceted. You are you like and do many things and you change your mind from time to time or constantly change your mind. And yeah. um, that connected me uh, to another thing that I heard. Uh, I heard a TED talk from a woman that talked about being a multi-potentialite because they always talk about this thing like you have so much potential and you have to focus in this specific area. And she was like, but she can't do that. She has so many interests that she can't just focus on one thing. And, that they, and, and like introverts, being an introvert is a superpower. Like there's people that talk about that as well. Um, the same thing. And she said it actually what she calls it is being a multi-potentialite. I'll, I'll link up the TED Talk in, in the show notes. It's a really, really great talk. Um, and I think there's a lot of us that's like that. We're introverted like me. I, I'm a super shy person, but I somehow <laughs> keep putting myself in these very public situations, like to pick up a guitar and to like go and play in front of people. I mean, I was in a yeah. band where I played in front of people. I played solo guitar in front of people. Um, and it was nerve wracking. I mean, I've spoken at conferences. I was in Venezuela once where I spoke at a Ruby conference about Firefox OS back in the day. I kept putting myself in these situations. The interesting thing is, even though it might seem like the weirdest thing for me to do, I kind of feel that, that in the moment, I really, really feel good. <laughs> it's it's um, energizing. And I, I really, it, it gives me this boost of confidence that I just want to do more. Um, and so I think we need to be careful to not avoid things that makes us feel uncomfortable. I think sometimes just push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone and you'll you'll find that it, you actually enjoy being uncomfortable. Um, and a very, very common thing for us to do, and I know I'm very guilty of it, is to confuse excitement with anxiety because I feel very similar in the body. The emotions and things you go through are very, very similar. Um, and me being somebody that that is an anxious person and I do have generalized anxiety disorder, I I definitely confuse the two a lot of times. So often putting myself in an, in an uncomfortable situation forces me to feel those emotions. And then I can like kind of over over years and years and years, you kind of learn to 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 identify, no, this is not anxiety, this is excitement. You should really feel these feelings and internalize yeah. them because it's good. This is where you get your energy from. So yeah, I, I think we, we shouldn't... Ma make you feel alive. Exactly, alive. exactly. Yeah, so I, I think we should... I, I, totally, there's times when you need to step back and say, that's yeah. enough for now because it is tiring it is tiring if you're if you are an introvert and you are shy and you find it to put yourself yes. out there is it's it's stressful and and stress makes you tired so sometimes you need to step back and and be in a comforted place you need a place where you where you feel at home where you feel safe um i think the way you speak about your wife i'm sure she is your safe place so i think whenever yes. you feel overwhelmed she's the person you can go to who who can listen and understand and be compassionate like I also with my wife with my kids it's like it's somewhere where I can go where I've, I don't know I'm not going to be judged or 
you know, where I can I can show my weakness without being scared. And I think we should these communities should should open these opportunities for us as well to feel a bit more um, be a bit more vulnerable and not be too concerned about it. So um, jumping back to more like the tech tech world, um, being from Brazil and um, how how do you find the tech industry like in Brazil? Is there things there that you find that really like it needs a lot of work? Um, or is it actually not, not what most people will think? Is it actually a very thriving, healthy industry? <laughs> a not healthy industry. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's hard to say because uh, I kind of don't know too much about the global tech industry. But uh, what I'm more familiar with is the... It, that's because I'm like studying a lot and learning, and then I'm exploring a lot of communities, and I'm talking to a lot of people that are in the same position, and I've I'm more familiar with this. It's like uh, how do you start in the industry? I don't. I I have some. I had some great talks with uh, like senior developers. But uh, mostly, uh, like people like me, that are migrating areas or that are like just starting, like young adults starting in tech. And one thing that uh, really gets me is that I don't know if it is just in Brazil or it's like a global thing, but people don't value the university here, and it's very crazy because uh, in other fields it's not a phenomenon like that. But in tech, uh, you have like this massive uh, advertisement of boot camps and online courses that promises that you will be earning a great uh, paycheck in like six months or eight months. And it's a very unreal expectation. And a lot of people uh, don't have like the, 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 the sense to separate information from merchandising. So I've, I've met with a lot of people that uh, got into debt to start a boot camp or like left his job and don't have a plan like for two, three, four or five years. They have a plan for six months and it's very unreal that he will be like earning something better than his previous role. So I, I, I have a, 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 I could say, a very successful career in law. I earn uh, a, a good money for, for what I do. And I could be, I, I have like uh, colleagues that have two kids and it's been doing what I do for 20 years and that's okay for, for them. So, but for me, it, <laughs> it has to be something more. So I'm, kind of came up with this plan and it's a medium to to it's it's a plan for the long run it's not like oh i want to change everything in six months i will be earning more than i earn today but i met a lot of people that really thinks this uh and some sometimes if you don't have the time or the, the chance to do an university uh, like it's not a possible for me in my plans to like take four or five years and do a regular bachelor degree in computer science, I really wish that I had 
that I had this option or I really, really wish that I did that years ago, but now it's not a possibility. But what gets me is like people with 18, 19 years old that can do a, a university, have uh, parents that will uh, support them through university and, and they still want to do a boot camp of six months to get into tech and they expect that they will earn like high salaries and they will be uh, recruited with to overseas uh, companies and that's not real so uh, I, I that saddens me a lot because uh, this kind of thinking it's very like uh, I want to earn money immediately. I don't care about who I will work for. I don't care about anything. I just want this now. And it's very hard to like convince people that you should take your time, you should build like a really strong foundation. It maybe get a first opportunity in tech, but uh, it, can, it can't uh, leave you far. It, it can't you won't go far with just this like basic, uh, uh, basic classes and everything. So it takes it, people don't realize it takes some time to build a career. It takes some time to to invest in projects. Uh, I, I I really like the your approach with projects. I have talked to to you about it uh, that you always plan for for escalating like you start a little project and you put the issues and you like do it everything uh, i would expect to find in a really big project that has like uh, 40 people working on and that's really uh, a long time thinking a long run thinking because uh you, you you have to have this approach since the beginning and a lot of people uh especially here in Brazil, uh, thinks that they can build a portfolio like just doing code challenges and uh, replicating uh, interfaces and cloning websites. And that that is good. That, that can uh, lend you a first opportunity. But you are putting too, not so much on the table. You are making anything new or you aren't doing a new approach of something so when i i don't have a, i don't have like uh any project i'm i'm proud about right now but i have a lot of ideas and i have a lot of planning going and i know like uh some uh, sometime in the future i will have something good going on and maybe that can be uh like something that will help another one or another developer would pick that and go further. So I really like this idea and that's another thing that uh, really get, got me into tech really hard is open sourcing. And I really like to be part of something bigger than me. And so I, I, I kind of uh, don't, don't, I can't get my mind to waste time doing just little projects and, and repetitive tasks, but I have a lot of ideas going on that I want to put on the, on the paper and then on the code. So uh, I guess this is something that I have, I think uh, 
it's it has to be it has to change like uh i can't see these these people with this mentality going going uh to make an impact and it's not like uh, i'm not uh, not rooting for them but i want to them to understand it's not it's it's not supposed to be this easy so it's 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 like it's really obvious that it's a lie that anyone can get a job with six figures in six months uh i i, I think uh it's really interesting to to state that coding is for anyone that wants it you anyone can learn how to code that is not the same thing to say anyone can learn how to code in three months and and have like a bigger salary on the state it's it's different things so it's possible for everyone but it's uh, uh it's uh, a long road to to follow it's it's hard it's you know, it's not supposed to be easy <laughs> the, the, the 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 in brazil we have in this phenomena where the global market in, in, in it is very hit up so a lot of a lot of developers from brazil are getting recruited overseas it, that's what happened to my brother so a lot of companies here in brazil are recruiting other developers from latin america so it's like a it's it's like uh, the talents are going to the the first world countries and we are outsourcing other least developed countries so people have this feeling that anyone can join to tech right now and uh, his his life will, will change drastically but i can't see that way i i i for me it feels like it's a very long road you have to build up uh step by step day by day you have to have discipline you have to have focus you have to have consistency so and uh, what i i i see happening uh a lot it's people uh, starting these courses or uh starting uh university and then getting frustrated frustrated and then they gave up everything because their expectations were too high but if they just stick with it for a little bit and they have just planned a little bit well they could uh, find their way into tech but uh, the information it's not uh, like sexy to say oh it's hard you won't find jobs so so easily you have to build a lot of skills and everything so people fall for the, the the advertising and this is a very big issue here in Brazil and we have a lot of discussion about this because a lot of people are going to take from accountants uh, actresses lawyers everyone is going to tech and everyone is getting frustrated so we have to like put our feet on the ground and we have to like is this uh, a thing i really want to do or is this just a way to earn more money because uh, it's 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 not problem if you want to earn more money so but you have a lot of options to do this it's not just tech so you can find something more suitable for your expectations or for your time schedule you 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 can you but people want a, like a easy solution for everything and this is very brazilian culture <laughs> 
so it's very hard to reason with people. So uh, I I have a lot of talks with another fellow uh, early stage developers, and I'm always the guy that's very boring and annoying that says it's not like that. Like take a step back, take a deep breath. I plan it very well. You have to to know how you want, how you will support yourself through this migration. And you have a lot of people changing careers, so you have to plan this very well. A lot of them have uh, children to support. A lot of them have another uh, have uh, mortgages. Have a lot of things to 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 put into the their accountant and like. Uh, it's not that easy. It, it's not guaranteed for anyone. You can be like a genius, and and it's it's something like there is a lot of people that don't go to university and like uh, learn by themselves, trying and failing and trying again. But they are the exception. You you should uh, prefer the easiest path. It's like. Uh, have good teachers, have good mentors, and like build slowly and build strongly. But people always pick the, the the exception and want to be the rule. I I I I, I start with the premise that I'm not a genius and I'm not a very lucky guy. So I have to like uh, put my feet on the ground, put one foot in front of the other, and like start building very slowly. But I know. It can, uh, it can. I know I can go uh, really far with this if if it's something I want to. And I, uh, when I was in, in in university, I had this teacher of philosophy that I was in the last last class. He taught he was uh, going to retirement, so he ended the class with a very interesting poem uh, maybe I, I I don't remember the the, the name of the, the the author now it's, it's I think it is, he is Spanish I don't know but I will send you after but he has like this really illustrations there it's like there is no paths you they, they, they he paints uh, life as you are on a boat and you can go to anywhere in the horizon. There is no track to to, to follow. You have to just uh, find where you want to go. You have to find a direction and you have to go and discover what is it. You don't have like a, a, a trail to, to to follow. So this this idea uh, is makes me made me uh, change a lot of uh, uh, assumptions I had when I was uh, growing up. And and I was uh, entering in the, the, my profession, so it it, it stuck it stuck with me like this idea that you you can go anywhere, but it's our responsibility. Your the, the the path are you are defining the path. There is no a previous path to for you to follow on. And sometimes people want to have want so much to have a previous path that is uh-huh. a guaranteed success. But it simply don't exist. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you follow the steps of another another person, it's not guaranteed that you end up with the same result. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of factors that come into place. So you have to accept this and 
learn to deal with this with uh -huh. this uh -huh. so it's 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 like an approach to life and i have this approach to developing too i want to i want to take my time i want to explore uh different technologies different tools uh -huh. and i want to build my own path into technology uh, yeah find the, the things that make sense to me and not uh -huh. just follow uh, someone that says, oh, this is what I did and now I am this, you have to and pay me something and I will <laughs> and I will teach you how to get there. It, I don't believe in this and I I, I don't, I'm not afraid like to spend money to, because I, I, I sense that we have to value the uh, other people's time. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I always take this as uh, just another resource. Uh -huh. What I was going to do with it, it's my responsibility. Yeah. It's not like a given thing. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, I don't think it's it's just in Brazil. I, I've heard the same thing about the boot camps a lot. Uh, I. Like I mean, it, it's happening in South Africa. Um, also, the thing with you uh, that you said, where people are contracted out from European countries, contracting people and they're leaving Brazil. It's a common thing in South Africa as well. Um, people kind of get started here and then they leave the country. Um, they go work in Europe or they go work in the U United States. And um, the, one of the problems with that is is products and uh, ideas and companies and things that started year they don't have those people with long-term experience they don't they don't have those they they have a lot of junior people building building the software that's yeah. and so it, it's the same here yeah so they're missing the guidance from more senior people who can think long term because they've they've been through this process before and they can say well this looks like a good idea right now, but it's going to blow up in your face tomorrow or the day after because today our website has 10 people coming to it, but we don't know what's going to happen a month down the line and this is not going to be sustainable. Like this is not maintainable or whatever the case may be. So I, I, it, it's, it's not uncommon. I think it's very common. And, I, and obviously um, social media and all of that has played a role in this, right? It, it's created this culture of instant gratification. And so people don't want to wait. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people get frustrated because, like you said, um, there's unrealistic promises being made. And then when it doesn't go the way that it, that it's been advertised, then people think like, oh, this is just nonsense. The whole industry is broken. And and it's it's not that. I think it's part, parts of it that, that is broken yeah. um, and that we, we need to change how people sell these things. We need to be realistic. We need to say that... Uh, it could work for you. You could go to a bootcamp, do six months, learn React and get a job and be on your way and, and you can be happy with that. But it's not a guarantee. So never, never take it as a guarantee. Um, so I, I've, I can hear that you like to plan long term and that you, you think um, not just for today and tomorrow, but you kind of think long term. Has there been any any like books, resources, people, anything like that in your life that is that has helped you with that or is this just something that's just natural for you <laughs> i don't know uh uh that's an interesting question because uh, actually i think uh, on my raising up i was taught to avoid risks a lot 
uh, my 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 mother uh, I, I I think she has this approach of life so, uh, get somewhere safe and be there and like build your home there and don't live there for anything so I always been afraid to take risks and but I couldn't be satisfied with what I had so I had to take risks at some time in my life so for doing that I had to plan <laughs> otherwise I won't uh, stay in the anxiety <laughs> but uh, I know there's a lot of people that are more spontaneous or impulsive and just go and do it and I can't I couldn't do that so and my wife is very much alike we planned a lot because we 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 have this assumption that if anything could go wrong it would go wrong with us so but that doesn't uh, prevent us from doing things just uh, just I, I, I guess uh, a lot of times we if we feel pessimistic, but I like to think that we are realistic or like trying to approach that. But uh, we plan a lot, but we, we, we don't let this, this fear or this, uh, we don't let it paralyze us. Uh, so planning is like our, our defense mechanism to not having control of everything. So we have to accept that you don't have control so uh, if you if if you know about something that could go wrong, make a plan for it. If that happens, you know what to do, but don't freak about it. So uh, it's, it's I I kind of take this for everything in my life, and I learn a lot with investments because you can control what will happen to the world. You can control what happened to prices and everything. So. You have to make a plan, stick up the plan, and like uh, believe in it. So you you can like be all the time reacting to what the world presents to you. So uh, I guess uh, when we started, like after we we married, and we started we started uh, thinking about our, our plans for life, and we start like. Uh, saving up money and, and have to organize it and we start thinking about it and investing money to to make these plans come true we kind of uh, learned a lot with it to to learn to to accept you have no control over what will happen uh, in your country in the world it can be uh, a war a pandemic I I I like to to say to my wife I would never thought uh, I would live through a pandemic in my my life, but uh, when the pandemic hit, we didn't get desperate. We had like a very we had we we knew what to do. Like we just take a deep breath and like rearrange our planning. Like uh, I sold my motorcycle i started working from home uh and everything so we we always like to have options and this come out uh, like planning but it's not like we 
are too concerned about the, 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 the long run that this stop us from going further. But I really like to think that you should have at least a minimum concern what will happen in the long run because otherwise you will get, like I said, you get surprised by, by the things that uh, if you really thought about it, it was kind of obvious it could happen. It's not necessarily will happen, but it could happen. So I always like to, to have a plan in place. Uh, but it's not like an anxious thing to me. It's like a um, defense mechanism to anxious. So I don't feel anxious because I know that I can deal with things. Uh, I, I've been through a lot of surprises in my life and I passed through it. So it's just be another one. So it will, it will be okay. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good approach to life. And I think it, um, that long-term thinking and that uh, planning for things that could potentially go wrong, I think that's going to help you a lot when you when you code as well, because I think it's something that, that we do, you know, those <laughs> if statements. <laughs> to say, if this thing is present, then add an event listener to it. Don't just assume it will be on the page, because it might not be there. And then yeah. it's like, oops, now your yeah. code is broken. So I think that's going to help you in your code as well. Um, I hope so. <laughs> Rafael, this has been lovely. I'm, I'm so glad that we could finally connect. It was a really good conversation. Um, in closing, is there anything that you would like to leave the audience with? Any thoughts, any uh, words of inspiration, any, anything? Uh, maybe uh, uh, speaking of uh, perspective of a beginner, uh, I really, something I struggle a lot is the the amount of information, and the the fear of missing out, and the, there's a lot of things that are constantly getting to our attention. And I, when I started, that made made me real anxious, and I really uh, starting to to develop coping mechanisms to this. And what, what helped me, it was to speak to people. So I spoke with a lot of people. I spoke with people more mature than, than me. I spoke with younger people than me. And we start realizing that everyone feels like something similar and a lot of times in their lives like every time you have a new job you um, move into a new home you are have a new kid every, every this this kind of steps like uh, change everything in your life you have to adapt to it so it's the same thing as coding as learning a new skill so I we are always like going uh, to we are always felt in like imposters and then sometimes we felt like, oh, I got this. This is so easy. And then we start to realize, no, it's not that easy. It's, it's really more difficult than I thought. So it's, it's common to see uh, this thing happen to a lot of people in a lot of stages in their professional lives. So uh, this is like what's most important about community. It's like connecting with people, like exchanging thoughts, exchanging ideas. And exchanging experiences and that helped me like 
be really calm about my journey in coding because on the first months, couple of months, I was really, really freaking out. Oh my god, I don't think I can do this. I I see a lot of things I want to do with this, but I don't think if I'm able to learn how to get there. And then I start realizing a lot of people feel the same way. A lot of people felt the same way when they are starting. So this human connection is, I, I think, uh, crucial to having this. And this, that's something uh, a lot of us uh, missed, a lot of us uh, lost uh, on the uh, distance learning. So it's hard to connect with people when you are like in the same class, you have like lunchtime, you like like chit chat and everything, and you will like start to connect it, even if you don't didn't mean to. But uh, on the internet, you have to have this this purpose. You have to do with this intent. You have to reach out to people. You don't have to be ashamed of uh, not knowing what you are doing or spoken the, the the wrong thing. Uh, you should at least uh, look for people that are more welcoming. But you must, you probably will find a lot of people uh, willing to help you. And that's that's been my experience and my experience. And that's been what uh, made made me like persevere in the in in my my studies. And I think uh, it will be like that for all my life because. One thing I realized that I will never <laughs> stop having something to study. Uh, the technology changes really fast, so you must like just get used to be a beginner for life <laughs> and have this approach and connect with people that are beginning that field too in that technology, in that stack, and just go with it. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Thanks so much, Rafael, again. Thank you for having me. It was a real pleasure finally meeting yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, we'll keep on conversating on the Mycelium Network Discord, and I'll be following your career and seeing how things work out for you. I'm really looking forward to see what you do with, with everything. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mycelium Network Podcast. If you're not already, please subscribe, store, and leave a review for us in your podcatcher of choice. This helps others find us and helps us make a better podcast for you, our listeners. You can also find and follow us on Twitter at Network Mycelium and join the community on Discord. All the links are available in the show notes.